The other day, my wife and I were talking about how do you get ready and prepare to live in the time we are about to enter. There is no doubt we're coming into some perilous times. And my question for you, are you ready? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Have you ever woken up sometime in the middle of the night and you kind of wonder, how is this world going to continue on the way that it is? I look at our colleges and universities. I look at those that are now in charge in our government, both the entrenched bureaucrats and those that get elected in many places. And I have to wonder, can we continue on as we have? And when does it all begin to collapse? I know I spent a lot of time yesterday on the program talking about, well, some of the information about COVID-19, where it came from, the SARS-CoV-2 virus, all the various patents and these things. I've had some suspicions, as a lot of people did, and the research has been out there. But once again, it's the kind of information suppressed by the Facebooks, the Twitters, the YouTubes, the MSNBCs, the CNN, and the White House. And of course, Dr. Fauci. Those are things, and I'm not going to get much into that at all today. We spent a lot of time with it yesterday. But but needless to say, when you look at the information that is readily available to you out there, it becomes obvious that we're not being told the entire truth. And that in and of itself should be a deep concern, that governments were playing with viruses as bioweapons, and now they're trying to cover up their tracks and why this push for a vaccine when there are known treatments that actually work. Dr. Peter McAuliffe, I mean, he has made it clear. He is not a fly-by-night kind of physician. I mean, he, he teaches medicine at Texas A&M. He has decades of experience. This is his specialty, and he is not understanding in his own way, why do we keep suppressing treatments that we know work? Why this single-minded, we all have to have this stuff jammed into our arm worldwide? Why are we creating two classes of citizens in this world? Those that are vaccinated, they can go anywhere they want, and those that are not, they're going to be restricted. It's coming if we don't do something. I have to wonder. I have to wonder, what is the overall plan? And the reason I say that, the the reason I come out and say it this way, what is the overall plan? We had the virus. We had the lockdowns. We've had all this spending in the United States, just literally trillions with a T dollars of spending. We have people that don't want to work. We have businesses that can't find people to hire. We have businesses that barely survived last year. It was amazing and and actually very disturbing. The Biden administration, their answer to some of the problems, you know, this one guy was saying, hey, we're having a hard time finding people to work. And of course, the reason they're having a hard time finding people to work is because they made it really easy for many people to still stay home with a free paycheck. And unfortunately, a lot of people would rather make a little less and stay home than go out and work for a living. They're happy to live off somebody else's money for the time being. 
And this has created a problem in a lot of industries. I was, the other day, this has happened several times. We go to maybe some place my wife and I have had to travel over the last uh, several days. And you go to a place, fast food place, signs everywhere. Come in today. You can be hired on the spot today. Start today. Get paid today. Starting pay in a little town on the way up to where we are in Virginia. I mean a small town. Starting pay at a fast food place, $14.50 an hour, zero experience. Zero experience. And they can't find anybody to work. And there'll be signs. There was another restaurant uh, near the little town we live in in Georgia. It's in a shopping center with a grocery store, and I noticed it was closed, and I was wondering if there's a problem. It seemed like an oddball day on a Saturday to be closed, and on the sign it said, we only have one waitress, and she needs some time off, so we're going to be closed for a week to give our waitress a, you know, some time off because nobody wants to work anymore. The work ethic has been destroyed by all the free giveaways. And I really believe, whether you want to believe it or not, it is partially by design. I don't understand the mindset of today's Democrat Party wanting to destroy the economy, make prices go up, make us no longer energy independent. What is the master plan of this implosion of our country? What is the master plan of all of this vaccine stuff making a two-tiered system of people. And my deepest concern, and I'll get into it uh, maybe today or tomorrow, maybe later this week, one of my big concerns is why the push only for a vaccine when other things are known to work. Also, what are the dangers in the long run of these vaccines? Nobody knows. If you want to see some arguments, I was looking at a posting a friend of mine made. I do check out social media as part of what I have to do. And he was talking about how sad he is, and I'm not going to say who it is, but one of my friends on Facebook, who's also been deeply concerned about how this entire COVID narrative has played out. And he, like myself, have had family members and friends that have gone through COVID and have survived. Thankfully, in our sphere of family, which is fairly wide, we've had nobody that I know in my family and circle of friends has died of COVID-19. Even last year, somebody that I knew in another state with serious comorbidities made it through, and they're doing quite well. Yet I've also had friends, and this individual has as well, that seemingly weeks after they received the vaccine, they're now dead. And he knows some that have had immediate serious illnesses develop over the first days or weeks after receiving the vaccine. Of course, they want to tell you it can't have anything to do with the vaccine. But they're the same people that would tell you that somebody that had a COVID-19 positive test two months ago who died in a car accident died of COVID-19. It seems to be a one-sided, get the case numbers up, get the death numbers up, get everybody afraid and have to take this concoction. 
And it's the taking of this concoction that concerns me. And now that we are beginning to understand all these hundreds of patents we talked about yesterday and the owners, there are too many things that, you know, the average news agency today is too illiterate to begin to understand, and they're not going to tell you. So that's on one side. We got the virus. We have the lockdowns, the threat of more lockdowns. And I think of my friends, and I've got several in Australia. And it, it, it's like, what has gone on with your government? How can your government suddenly become so literally, well, the word the Bible has that reprobate mind where everything right seems wrong and things that are wrong seem right. You get a couple of cases. You get a handful of cases of the new variant of COVID-19, the Delta, the dreaded Delta variant. And millions of people are literally under lockdown, almost a million people, because one person in their 80s died. That's about what happened. Why this sudden, what is the, what do they, what are they not telling us? Or why are they using this? This is the question that nobody in government anywhere wants to answer. And to me, it's a deep concern. But see, that's just one of the things we're facing. And there's a division coming, and it's coming sooner than you think. In so many aspects and areas of our life. Let me give you something. Guy was writing, I want to read something that somebody wrote in an article. And uh, this guy says a friend wrote that his younger brother, who is 18, a tall guy, smart, good looking, actually a good kid, told his mom and dad that he now plans not to return to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville this fall. For his sophomore year, he finished up his freshman year. How University of Tennessee, of all places, has now devolved into some kind of an LGBTQ plus indoctrination camp run by deranged lesbians, which shocked the boy's grandparents and great granddads, all who happened to be alums of the school. No one could figure out why this guy's nephew, a promising student, would just quit college. It just isn't done, they said. But in this article, the guy thinks he knows why. And I agree with this. All you have to do is visit any college campus when they're in session. Drop in on lectures, visit the student center, read the student publications, go to their cultural centers. And you'll notice the signage plastered everywhere. Go back to that school that you went to and let us know what you've seen. I'm going to stop right there. I went to a couple of different schools in my time. Now, thankfully, one of the schools I was at was a Christian school, so it was kind of exempt from most of this nonsense. Though I wonder how much may have infected it today. But I'm thinking back in the 1970s, going to St. John's University in New York. I already know how woke they have become and how crazy they are and how I would never, ever, ever advise anybody to go there anymore. What was once a first world-class education is now an indoctrination center. And it's a Catholic university of all things. And they're almost anti-Catholic. People like myself... Older generations, you know, we, if we haven't paid attention, we're failing to protect 
the younger generation. And the worst part is what they don't understand, they're going to lose their freedoms. These, and I like the term he used, shrieking banshees that control the universities today, they literally are seething with hate for anybody straight or white. I mean, that's what it boils down to, especially if they're male. There's an anger, and I, and I call it, I'm going I'm to call it for what it is. This is satanic anger that is now encrusted and taken over our colleges and universities all over the United States. Our colleges, most of the private colleges and state-run universities, they have now completely given themselves over to the reprobate mind. They have given over to worshiping the creation, not the creator. And all we have seen over the past 30 years is the gradual decline of a college campus and what it stood for. Look, I can remember when I was in college, people had differing opinions on a lot of things. The Vietnam War had not quite ended, and so there were those concerned about the Vietnam War. You saw all types of viewpoints expressed. You could go into a debate club. I was in one. And you could basically argue both sides of an issue. Today, you're taught to argue only one side of an issue because the other issue is no longer acceptable speech. It's hate speech or whatever they want to call it. And basically, University of Tennessee. Now think about this. These kids last year, they had to deal with the hysteria of of the COVID religion, and that's what it's become, a religion a religion based upon fear and misinformation. There are too many good doctors out there that can explain a lot of things. And I know COVID can be dangerous for some people. I get it. So can the flu and a lot of other communicable diseases that are out there. But we have put this disease on a pedestal and we're using it to just beat people over the head into submission for all kinds of things that without COVID they would never accept. So the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, beautiful area of Tennessee, like most, um, well, U.S. universities today that enforced all these mask mandates of students on campus, and all these kids pretty much complied, wearing even paper gaiters and begrudgingly, and, and they had their rebellious expressions. But when they... Many students today, thankfully some smart ones, are beginning to think, you know, I'm not going to return to this college. Now, that may give a family dismay, but it actually gives me some hope because the education you're receiving at too many of the colleges and universities today is garbage. We have these expectations that everybody has to go to college to be able to make a living. Everybody's going to be a computer wizard of some kind in front of a keyboard. Everybody's going to be a media player doing something with social media. Everybody's going to study gender studies, and and, and these are the things they're pushing. And what they call business management, business management uh, socialist style, Keynesian economics, and only one thought allowed, you know, everything else, they'll tell you what is hate speech and you have to buy into the religion to graduate. 
we're seeing a change, and I think we're going to start seeing some young people, I'm praying, more will have their eyes open. What really bothers me is how the university systems in the United States, you know, they talk about being, you know, anti-capitalist, but they are the ultimate capitalist. Actually, they're predatorial capitalist. Colleges and universities, and here's how. They rely on all kinds of federal money to keep going, and grants, and student loans. And they just keep raising their tuition and rates. They have lots of money running around in the mega millions of dollars. They have very way, you know, these professors that condemn capitalism, you can't fire them, and they make a really good living pontificating to our youth about how horrible the United States is while they're sitting with their six-figure incomes. And you can't fire them. And they're great retirements that they'll have to the day that they die. Our colleges and universities here in the United States were something we used to be able to be proud of. But today I begin to wonder, what value is a education any longer from a woke university? A surprising number of people may not know this in the country today, but many years ago, when fine universities like Harvard, Princeton, and Yale came into being along with many others, one of their primary functions was to train church pastors and church leaders. Today, if I was on the calling committee of of any church, I'd be very deeply concerned about any recent graduate from one of those universities wanting to be the pastor of any church that I was involved with because much of what they believe now is another gospel and it's a danger to your pulpits. As I said at the beginning of the program, how do we prepare for the time to which we're coming into? Our college and universities are failing us. We have this idiotic thinking that the only way to make a living or survive in this country is you must have a college education. Most of these people with their college education don't know how to operate a screwdriver or a hammer. They have to hire somebody. And one of the greatest shortages we have today are people with trade skills. People that know how to be a carpenter. People that know how to be an electrician. People that know how to be a plumber. These are time-honored professions, and they actually pay quite well. But we have this, this idiotic notion being preached by the stupid colleges that these are just, you know, blue-collar, worthless, you know, bad jobs. You need to have a college education and play with a computer, play on social media. How do we prepare for the time that's going to come? I look at the cities in our country today and those that are run, shall we say, in blue cities. We'll just leave it at that here in the United States. And I think you know what I mean when I say, uh, you know, blue cities. Crime is going up. Police, well, they've been defunded. It's amazing now how some cities are going, you know, maybe we need to hire some more police officers. I was driving on the, we were driving through Asheville, 
North Carolina. Asheville is sadly one of those kind of cities in North Carolina that has gone cobalt blue and crazy. They have. They really have. Beautiful place in the mountains, but completely run by by new agers and some strange people. And they've wanted to re-image their police department. And they have not been supportive of their police at the, you know, at the city level. And, and I saw another city had a big billboard as, you're, as you drive through Asheville uh, saying, how would you like to leave Asheville and work for our police department? They're trying to recruit dissatisfied police officers in Asheville to go to a different city. I think we're going to see more of that. Some of these cities that pretty well mistreated their police department, they're wondering, well, why is everybody wanting to retire, resign, or move? Don't they understand wokeness? No, they don't. They understand that wokeness can get them killed on the job or get sued because their city won't back them up anymore when they're trying to deal with the worst problems in their, in their cities. Somebody pointed out the other day in Washington, D.C., there's a tremendous amount of shootings and crime that go on daily, but everybody got really upset when it spilled into the neighborhoods it's not supposed to occur, you know, where the politicians and the bureaucrats go out to have dinner and play. When it happened in their neighborhood, now we have to do something. Our world is becoming a very strange place. And I'm getting deeply concerned about what we as Christians are going to do moving forward. What about those like myself that have chosen not to take this vaccine? And it's not a political statement on my part. It really isn't. I'm not not talking politics here. I'm talking the lack of accurate information, the ramrodding of some of these things that have occurred, And I'm more suspect now that I've read more about the various patents going back to the 1990s, playing with coronaviruses and trying to deal with vaccines and all of this. How it all magically came together in 2020 after an exercise, Event 201, to how do we prepare for a worldwide pandemic? And I've reminded you many a time that it was in 2017 that Dr. Fauci made the statement that this president would be facing a worldwide pandemic. How did he know before the end of his term? How did he know that? What gave him the confidence that he would be facing a pandemic? What gave the confidence to a Bill Gates to have a entire, an entire tabletop exercise dedicated to dealing with dealing with a virus that jumps from the animal species. That's how they build it to human beings, and now people are dying. And how do we deal with it? How do we deal with the economic and and just the cost of these things, and how do we deal with containing it? It's amazing how that happened just before the real pandemic. It's amazing how certain things were already being, according to what I shared yesterday, well in place in 2018, heading toward a vaccine. That's why I have a lot of questions about why the push. What are you not telling us? Why are you not telling us? And why do you suppress 
people like Dr. Peter McAuliffe who have proven, they have proven over and over again, these are not fly-by-night selling anything. These are doctors that put their reputations on the line. They're not selling you anything. But they are telling you that they have learned certain things work quite well in treating those that have COVID-19. Why are we suppressing that? Why are we telling people that have had it they still need to get this vaccine when they have natural immunity? Why are we not being told the truth is my question. And honestly, I don't think we are. So between our colleges and universities, between our news media being indoctrination and and, and basically giving one side of a story and condemning and shutting down the discussion of any other, the churches took it hard last year more than any other group. So many things were allowed to be open that were considered essential and churches were immediately considered non-essential. Says who? Said the governor of California, the governor of Michigan, the mayor of Chicago, the governor of New Jersey, the governor of New York, governor of North Carolina, many places. They just felt churches were unnecessary, unneeded. Of course, for people like, you know, Governor Cuomo, Yeah, he'd love the church to go bye-bye and disappear because they're calling him out for what he is. And he doesn't like anybody calling him out. Either does Governor Newsom, but now he's being potentially recalled. We are coming into one or two things are going to happen. And how we deal with these one or two things when they come about is going to tell the tale. Will we possibly, maybe sometime even soon, get a little bit of a, just a bit of hope? Maybe some good news for a change? Maybe a temporary, and that's all it'll ever be. Will we get a temporary reprieve from the mess that we're in? And if we get this reprieve, how will we use any extra time that we get? And that's what I want to talk about on the program in the next segment. If you've just tuned in, and I'm sorry that I went so long yesterday, and I'm doing it again today on the first segment, just things that are on my mind that I just want to share with you. If you're just tuning in, this program is called Truth to Ponder. My name is Bob Bierman, and I've been doing this as a radio program for now 11 months. We're going into our 12th month. So at the end of August becomes one year. Prior to that, I did a weekend radio show for about, oh, almost six years. And I spent a lot of my life in broadcast and also in emergency management. I've done a few things in my life. And I've also, part of what I've done as a part-time and it's becoming more full-time, is is ordained ministry. So I look at the world from a Christian worldview. The whole program is based on that. I We, we can talk politics, but politics is not, it's not what's going to save us. The Bible makes it clear. Do not put your trust in princes or the sons of men. Put it in God. Unfortunately, for too many Conservative Americans today, they put their hope 
in a politician. Maybe at the next election in 2022, we can turn the tide. Well, I've been hearing that for for decades. We'll turn the tide. We'll turn the tide. And then things change. In 1980, we were going to build a better society when we elected Ronald Reagan, and he was elected twice overwhelmingly. But then again, how did things go in the 90s? How did things go on lately? I mean, these are just temporary reprieves. There's never going to be a permanent change for the good. The Bible's clear on that anyway. If we as Christians should, by some miracle, get a temporary reprieve, just learn one thing, and this is what we're going to talk about in the next segment. Don't A, take it for granted, and B, think it's going to last. It'll be temporary at best. The church that we knew 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, is radically being changed. Not what it believes or should believe, but in the way it can operate in a society is going to radically change. I think we're going to see a lot more of that in the days, weeks, and months ahead. Especially in the years ahead, if we have years. There's a lot going on we're going to talk about in the next segment. If you believe in the work that we're doing here, would you let me know We're coming to the end of the month of July, and this I can't believe this month will be over at the end of this week. And then we go into the month of August. And we have a few airtime bills that will have to be paid, and I want to thank all of you that support us each and every month. The new supporters make it possible to even look at additional airtime and expand. So I'd like to see that happen. We have the opportunity to try out K... uh, Y-A-H, and uh, if you're listening there, I need to know because I need to make some decisions about that particular station. K-V-O-H, out of Los Angeles, we're getting more people that are listening all over the United States from California to Florida, and even into Georgia and Virginia, surprisingly well. And so if you're listening there, it would mean a lot to me to let me know that this station is one you can hear. We need to take care of our airtime bill there coming up just in a few days. So if you can help, would you consider a gift made out to Ancient Word Radio? And our mailing address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane. And we are number 263, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, and the zip code is 30537. Once again, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, Sky Valley, Georgia. And the zip code is 30537. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The corruption of Lot. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, Abraham's nephew, Lot, chose to live in Sodom. And one day he's visited by two angels. The people of Sodom are so perverted that they follow the angels to Lot's house. He tells the crowd... Don't act wickedly. See, he was a righteous man. He said, do not act wickedly. It was a bold and holy statement. And then he goes on to say, listen, I have two daughters. I'll bring them out to you. You can do whatever you like with them. I'll see you in the morning. 
not exactly the hallmark of Christian living. Lot never made it to the cover of Christianity Today. He was never asked to be the keynote speaker at Promise Keepers. He was never invited to guest host Focus on the Family. Lot wasn't focusing on the family at all. And then at the end, he focused too much on it. Lot grew up with Abraham. He journeyed with Abraham. He looked up to Abraham. What went wrong? What went wrong is he settled down in Sodom. It was bad enough to live among the Sodomites, but it was worse to settle down with them. Abraham, too, lived among pagans, but he never settled down with them. He stayed in a tent. He he journeyed in the presence of God, but Lot settled down in Sodom. And worse, he gradually grew comfortable there. He called the Sodomites my brothers. And sure enough, it weakened him. It compromised him. It corrupted him. And probably it happened without him even realizing it. And so you, too... Maybe you've let yourself grow comfortable with what you used to know was wrong. Don't be corrupted like Lot. Turn away from Sodom and put away all its unclean ways. Dwell instead in the tents of Abraham and the Lord will bless you with an everlasting inheritance in the promised land. Want more? Ask for the tents of Abraham. Now, what if you could receive daily vitamins guaranteed to strengthen your spiritual walk with God? A six-month supply for free. That's it. You can. Sapphire's daily spiritual vitamins for victorious walk with God. And updates on Israel and prophecy and the incredible the mystery of the temple doors. All free. You'll love it. How do you get all this? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name. Yeshua and dial it. It's all you do. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll be so blessed. But call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now you can actually spread salvation around the world for very little through shortwave radio from the Arctic Circle to Israel. It's amazing. It's like sending a billion tracks around the world. Just call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. Just write to the nice Jewish boy in box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy. It's box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend and Messiah, Yeshua Tenu, our salvation. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To welcome you back to part two of Truth to Ponder on this Tuesday. Got a lot of things that I want to share. I just want to do a really quick story that I ran across not long ago. This comes out of England once again to show what I call the COVID craziness and obsession. And especially with the, the Delta variant. Now, if you were to put on CNN or MSNBC, you'd think that this Delta variant was more lethal than, you know, the bubonic plague that that hit the world in the 1300s. Talking to a good friend of mine, he is a medical doctor, many years of experience, and he serves in a hospital. He also dealt with COVID-19 last year. And because of his asthma, he had a, you know, not a very good time with it. It was was difficult for, for a while for him, but he is fully recovered and he's back at work. He and I were talking about the the Delta variant, and I, I asked him a direct question. So when you look at what the media says, what is your immediate opinion? He goes, they're crazy. He said, most variants, like any other virus in human history, they become more infectious. In other words, you can 
it's easier to transmit from one to the other, but they become less lethal and their symptoms become far less potent. That's just how things work. And so they're intellectually being dishonest at CNN or MSNBC or anywhere else when they start giving you this nonsense about the the new deadlier Delta variant. It isn't. And the numbers are bearing it out. Other things about numbers that are disturbing, we mentioned this before, and I just want to throw a couple of things at you, then we're going to move on to what do we do. That's going to be the most important thing I'll share uh, in this segment today. We get a lot of phony numbers tossed at us all the time. I saw a story that some of the PCR tests that have been used to give us the numbers, the CDC is now putting the word out that at the end of the year, we can't even use those tests anymore because, well, they're not accurate. Who would have thunk it? The test not being accurate. That can't be, but apparently it is. And so... We know from some court proceedings in other countries that when you have these incredibly high, you know, what they call the the CT cycle thresholds, you know, the doubling upon doubling upon doubling, when you start getting these absurd numbers of 35, you can have, well, very few legitimate test results. You can get a lot of false positives. And that is also driven the fear of the coronavirus. You know, you look at like England right now and and you've got France, you've got England getting ready to have the two-tier society, the vaccinated, the unvaccinated. Kind of like, I guess we'll be like a leper colony, you know, that we'll have to walk around going unvaccinated, unvaccinated, you know, to go anywhere or to make sure people don't get near us. Because see, the unvaccinated are going to be blamed for killing the vaccinated. And that's another story. A diocese of the Church of England investigating a vicar has threatened him with with disciplinary action, including being fired. You ready for this? For singing the final verse of an Easter hymn, Thine be the glory without wearing a face mask, and thereby breaking the denomination's COVID-19 guidelines. Now, here's the problem for the Reverend Charlie Boyle of Dorset. In a statement that he released, he points out that he is exempt because he has asthma. And so he didn't even have to wear a mask to begin with. The archdeacon launched the investigation after Boyle refused to resign quietly. I mean, even the Church of England has gone woke. And you wonder why I'm an Anglican that has nothing to do with the Worldwide Anglican Communion because that's, you know, Canterbury and I have nothing to do with any of that. I want the pure gospel. I don't want all this wokeness coming into the church like lesbian pastors and priestesses and everything else. I want to stick with what the scripture says, but that's just me. We can't even trust our churches anymore. Too many of them have gone worldly, Uh, They really don't believe half of what they claim they believed at one time. They have started preaching another gospel. I'm telling you, this world is, is going crazy. And there's a part of me that would like to believe. I don't know if, I, if I'm confident enough yet to say it, but 
there's a part of me that wants to believe that we might get a little bit of a short reprieve. And what are we going to do with it if we get it? If we should get some kind of reprieve in this country, the United States, or in Canada, or in England, or in Australia, what are you going to do with it? If COVID, if all the hysteria about COVID should break down, what will the next crisis be? And I think they're going to milk COVID as long as they can for control. There are some people that just love controlling your life. They don't care. Just like Biden said, uh, you know, when these restaurant people are saying, look, we got to hire people and nobody wants to work. And Biden, is his attitude to them is, well, pay them more. With what? You about put half these restaurants out of business. They're barely hanging in there. They're still deeply in debt and they got to put out more money. If I was in the business, I'd say, fine, here are the keys, uh, Mr. Biden. You can figure it out. You do it. Your problem, not mine. But then again, and then again, I, I have to believe that a lot of this is by design. Notice the wealthy, like the Jeff Bezos, they're the ones that come out on top during COVID. Amazon.com, get on your computer, your smartphone, and order everything you need without having to go to the store. Or if you do need to go to a store, there's just a handful of the big box stores you're allowed to go to. Everybody else must remain closed. If you're a fast food outlet with a drive through window, you might survive. If you're a restaurant that was sit-down only, you're in deep trouble. And many went out of business. A huge number of private small businesses went under and will never come back. I've seen it all over, even in places where the lockdowns were not as extreme. But see, those in government, when a lockdown is ordered, if you hadn't noticed, they're the ones that never have to uh, be furloughed and lose a paycheck. I was always amazed that somebody... You know, back in March, April, and May of last year, as we're all in fear of the coronavirus and we're telling everybody to shut down and stay home and go broke, might have a little economic funding. Here's $1,000 to make up for your losses for the last three or four months. People in departments in government that, in my opinion, during the COVID-19 pandemic were now non-essential, I mean, if you're in charge of economic development, think about this. You're in charge of economic development. What were you doing during COVID? You're staying home playing some Zoom meetings about what you might do when it got better. And you're still getting your taxpayer-funded paycheck and retirement benefits and vacation time accruing. While all those people your government told to stay home and shut down get diddly. I really believe there was a worldwide plan in effect somehow to decimate the economy of the Western world and make the Western world ready for the great reset that is being hailed as the savior of the world by the World Economic Forum. And as I've said before, do you think I believe in the election results of 2020 in the United States? Not a chance. Not a chance. The coordinated effort, there's so many moving parts in our world today. That's why I'm saying if we get a brief respite, if the truth on the election were to get out and things had to change, if we make it to 2022 in the election, we'll, what can we do with the little bit of time that we buy? 
if things haven't been so destroyed by them, by that time, by them, with inflation eating up, if you're retired, you're going to watch your income. If you're on a fixed income like I am these days, remember, I don't get paid to do this radio program. We barely make it through the month to to essentially pay for the airtime. So my wife and I, we're going to see our spendable income for retirement going down. Not staying ahead of, you know, not staying ahead at all. Every, every year, we already knew this going in, our income will go down in essence. Certain things that I had set up years ago for part of my retirement go up to a degree, but I'm thinking with the kind of inflation we're looking at now, maybe not quite fast enough. And that's just a part of our retirement. And the other part, Social Security, well, that, that never keeps up. Somebody was, by the way, somebody, I said something to somebody on Facebook. They were talking about um, social benefits. And I said, you know, uh, well, I said, you know, they've been taking that from my paycheck uh, by force. I had no choice in the matter for all these years. And I said, so I don't consider it a, I don't consider it a government benefit. I'm not even sure if I like the word entitlement, uh, but in, in other words, it's not something that's a free gift from the taxpayer. And they tried to explain to me, oh, no, 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 you'll get all your money back and more. And I said, that may be true, but have I taken the same identical money that was taken by the government and put it into mm, just some basic insurance annuities? I'd have three to four times as much income today as I'm going to be getting out of the federal government. So, so don't insult my intelligence. The government you know, didn't do a decent job in investing it. They've been taking that money and spending it on everything else but Social Security and just writing IOUs had that money actually been properly invested like you know retirement funds generally are by many companies, There'd be a lot more involved, but no, they failed to do that. Okay, sorry about that going down the rabbit hole there. What if we get our little bit of time? What are we going to do with it? I've, I've been thinking for quite a while. I keep hearing this voice inside, this, this, this dream that comes, and maybe you're feeling some of this too. Building community. Building community. Now, I'm not talking about some, you know, weird compound with a charismatic leader in front of everybody telling them everything they can and cannot do. I don't believe in that at all. That's nonsense. That's not even scriptural. But building community. The early Christians could not meet openly in public, so they often met in homes, the caves, and the catacombs of their day. And the church grew. It still grows in China. It still grows in North Korea, even though it's illegal to do so. Even people in India. It's not the thing you want to do in many parts of India because of the Hindu religion. You you become a non-family member if you should even consider becoming a a born-again Christian. Here in the United States, we've always had it easy until recent times. You could buy property. You could build a church for the most part. You could start a church. 
for the most part. People in ministry were respected in their communities for the most part. But see, today that has dramatically changed. Today there are some places in the United States where zoning boards don't want churches. They want other things. They don't want churches. They want to decide what you can and cannot build on property that you decide you want to buy. And then you have government that will gradually, in many states, and I think it'll eventually become pretty well uniform, you have governments that'll look at some of what churches teach and preach from the Bible that they'll decide is hate speech because it's calling out sin for what it is. Funny thing is, those that want to live in sin don't want to be called out for their sin, and so the best thing they can do is use the power of government to shut it all up, shut it all down. Then you have churches that have built all these monstrous campuses that when COVID-19 hit, how could they pay for them? Somebody, somebody made a posting and, and had this great concept. He said, we've tried the mega church. Maybe now it's time for the mini church. Like the churches of old. Now, while I have a great respect for large churches and there are still some that are flourishing and, and holding in there, I really believe in my mind that the churches that will be built moving forward, because we're going to be coming into a time where the Christian worldview is going to be opposed and hated and despised. The Bible says it's coming. Jesus told his disciples, and this is to us today. Overall, you will be hated for my name's sake. And what about that do so many Christians fail to want to understand or grasp? That you will be hated for my name's sake. You're not going to be popular anymore. We have been an exception to the world rule in the United States with a freedom of religion ensconced in our Constitution. But even that is being threatened. Our free, the First Amendment is under threat. You really have people today that believe that any of the amendments can be overturned in the Constitution. You've got those going after the Second Amendment, those that are already violating the Fourth Amendment by spying on you. Yeah, the government is violating the Fourth Amendment by buying information about you from Google and Facebook and everybody else. It is an absolute violation of the Fourth Amendment. What business is it of the government about the things that you think and believe? It's none of their business. But see, there's this move afoot to begin to think that any of the amendments, because they'll cite, well, you know, back in the early 1900s, we had prohibition and then we undid it. And others that we've had. But there's something about the first 10 they fail to, to understand. At the time of the writing of the Constitution, these were added on day one for a reason. To make sure there was clarity. Because a lot of people didn't even see the need for the first 10 amendments. They thought they, those, were, they were, those were a given. And so the compromise to make sure that it was clear were made in amendments. Well, you have those now that say, you know, that first amendment can be trashed and we can get rid of it. We can get rid of your freedom of religion. We can get rid of your freedom of speech and decide what is good speech or hate speech, acceptable speech, and if it's not, just like in Canada, say the wrong thing, you can go to jail. Say the wrong thing in a lot of countries now against homosexuality and same-sex marriage, it can cost you dearly. 
and we're rapidly becoming that in the United States. So what are we going to do with our time if God gives us a bit of a respite? And if he doesn't, we better be moving quickly because the window of opportunity is going to close. I do this radio program as a podcast. And right now, I can honestly say it is growing significantly as a podcast. And I thank God for that. We're on a number of platforms, including one is called PodPoint, which is a predominantly Christian podcasting site. We're also using Anchor FM, which pushes it out to a number of places on Google, pushes it out to iTunes and everything else. But I also recognize the day is going to come. Maybe not this week, maybe not even this year. But the day is going to come that somebody's going to hear this program and say, you know, I think people like Beerman should not be allowed on iTunes or iHeartRadio or any of the others. And they'll be quietly, the show will begin to disappear from some of the podcasting sites, which is okay. Hopefully we can stay connected a little bit longer. Stay connected a little bit longer with the Christian podcasting site. Maybe then it'll get down to the website and then eventually down to a handful of radio stations that have the courage to carry this program and on the international shortwave. But even then, that door is going to close. I've been thinking about how do we keep Bible teaching going around. You know, little thumb drives that are really the tiny ones, the little itty-bitty SD cards can hold a lot of music and, and messages on it to be shared around on little uh, computer devices, little telephones, even little, you know, those little uh, tiny computers, the raspberries hooked to a speaker, even, even a video screen. It may come down to that because a lot of our avenues will be shut down. It may be meeting in the back of bookstores or little places in communities Because in the big cities, it's going to become increasingly more difficult. But I think that God will provide ways even there. In other words, what we need to be talking about this week, I kind of talked about the virus and I talked about the overreach of government. And I've I've done all that for a purpose, just to let you know the world is in change. The universities we used to trust, they can't trust anymore. People hate the nation and they go on to represent it at the Olympics. I haven't bothered to watch any of it. And frankly, I could care less. I have no plans on watching any of it. I used to get a thrill out of watching it 30 years ago. It was a big deal, but now I don't care at all. I'm done. There are more important things in this world to me today. I'm getting where I I even restrict how much news I watch, and I, I look to certain places to get my news. I take an overview. The Bible says if we're Christians, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. And I I think too many of us, and myself included at times, we become too much of the world and not thinking about the most important thing that we are. We belong to another kingdom. We need to begin to live like we belong to that kingdom. That's why we do this program. Tomorrow and Thursday... And Friday, I'm not sure exactly what direction the program's going to take. I'm going to take some time tonight and tomorrow morning and begin to think about where God is leading this program and what we need to discuss. 
Frankly, I need to get away from some of the news headlines. I may share a few things, but I really, really need, we really need to move in a different direction. I know a lot of my faithful listeners, a number of you, and I love you, to, I love you dearly, my friends. I truly do. A lot of my friends, you know, they, they're hoping that it's, it, it'll all be okay because we have the rapture to count on. Maybe tomorrow or Friday, I may talk a little bit about why I am not so convinced of a rapture and why I don't want you to be putting your hope in something that may only be a theological theory. Remember, the early disciples never expected to have a rapture to get them out of any kind of difficult and turbulent times. They all went to their death for the cause of Christ as many did in the first century. So we need to be more like the early Christians and stop thinking that in the United States we're special. We don't have to deal with any of the hardships. We know we we get to go to church when it's convenient, dress nice and listen to the music, and we have a good time, and when things get bad, we'll disappear. Don't count on it. Many churches today, because of the pandemic, have not come back to the size and number of people that they had prior to the pandemic. Now, there are some exceptions to that rule, I I admit. But overall, many will tell you that they are down 20 to 30% of the number of people that came prior to the pandemic. Now, that, that really came, in honesty, that came out of a couple of things. Number one, some people were not all that committed to the church to begin with, and they got very comfortable in not being involved any longer. And that was their choice. Others still have a fear of the virus spreading in a church more than the fear of God. Yet these are the same people that go to the Walmart, they go to the drugstores, they go to other things they need to go to, but, you know, the church is the one thing they won't touch. People have been made afraid that Jesus might give them the coronavirus. And to me, that is sad. The church is going to have to rethink one thing. How do we present our mission? How do we present the Savior? And how do we grow in Christ and survive in Christ until we are called home? We now live in a very different world than we did before. If you believe in our ministry here at Truth to Ponder, would you consider just a small gift to keep us going on the air? As I've said before, there are no paid employees here at Truth to Ponder. Our mailing address is 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, and our zip code is 30537. Your gift will help us stay on the air because the day of the podcast, well, that door could eventually close. You know it and I know it. And until tomorrow, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.